Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. On today's episode of the Journey Women Podcast, I chatted with Kristen Schmucker about one of my absolute favorite topics, which if you've been around Journey Women for longer than two seconds, you can probably already guess biblical literacy. We discuss everything from why we as women need the Bible to what it might look like to gracefully prioritize this spiritual discipline from the gospel. As a wife and a mom to three precious girls and one adorable little boy, Kristen knows the challenges that come with demanding life seasons. Through it all, her passion for equipping and encouraging women to know and love God's word remains the same because she knows from experience that studying scripture changes lives. The desire of her heart is to help women see and know who God is and that the truth of his word actually changes everything. Kristen has a shop, The Daily Grace Code, designed to provide tools to help us immerse our lives in the Word of God. She and her team are graciously offering Journey Women listeners a 20% off discount with the code JOURNEYWOMEN. I hope this episode leaves you guys inspired and challenged to pick up your Bible no matter where you're at in Bible study, whether you're just starting out or if you've been studying the Word for years. Thank you so much for joining me on the Journey Women podcast today. This is such an honor to get to talk to you. I've been waiting for this for, I don't know, how long have we been trying to connect? Like six months. No, it's crazy too, because we had a snow day today. So did we. Really? Yes. Where are you guys located? I was like frantic with my husband. I was like, my daughter who's in school, I was like, she would probably do great here. But I was like, I don't want her interrupting the podcast. So I was like trying to see if we could coordinate our babysitter to have her as well. And luckily it all worked out. But I'm so excited to be here. That's so funny that you mentioned that because I was like, should I text Kristen last (laughs) night? Because we didn't know if Brooks was going to be staying home from work or if our babysitter was going to be able to make like the 30 minute commute here. So we were in the same predicament, but I was like, I'm just going to trust the Lord because we've already rescheduled once and just see what he has. So (laughs) yeah, it all worked out. I do have a little bit of a cold, so hopefully I won't have to be like coughing or anything. (laughs) Hey, that's the beauty of editing. It's all good. It's happened before. That's what I was like. I think she'll be able to fix that if I have to cough for a minute. (laughs) Yes. Well, where are you guys located? Are you getting this big storm that's like traveling from Texas all the way up into like the Northeast? Yeah, we're in Pennsylvania. So. Okay, yeah. Now we're here. Where are you at? I am actually on the border between right around Nashville and Kentucky. So we're oh, Tennessee-Kentucky okay. border. Yeah. 
We technically live in Kentucky. We've been yeah. getting it this whole time, and Brooks has been watching kind of the weather updates, and he's like, this rocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. One of my team members actually lives in Kentucky. Oh, really? She's in a small town. Let me see if I can remember. Corbin, Kentucky? Okay, no. I have it's no like familiarity with it. We're yeah, military, I, so I really don't know anything. Like, I okay, learn about yeah, geography yeah. as I go, which is really right. sad. <laughs> I understand that. How long have you guys lived in Pennsylvania? Well, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and then I moved away for college, and then my husband and I, we were in Texas, where he was in seminary. Oh, nice. Was he at DTS or Southwestern? Southwestern, yeah. Yeah. And so we were there, and then we just moved back. I guess it's been about four years that we've been back in Pennsylvania. So Wow, wonderful. Well, we're originally from Texas, so we have that overlap, and I've visited Southwestern, everything like that. We love it there. We love it. That's so fun. Well, for those who don't know you, you are a wife, a mom, a Bible study author, and you founded this beautiful company, the Daily Grace Company. But most of all, you're a disciple of Jesus and you're passionate about the word of God and you want women to know and love God's word, which is exactly why I wanted to have you on the show, because I am equally passionate about the topic of biblical literacy. But I could tell from everything that you post on Instagram, which is really the only way that I know you, Kristen. (laughs) 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 It is an interesting time where we can feel like we know someone very well just from the pictures and stuff that they're posting online. But I could tell that your heart is truly to know and love God yourself and your love for the word just exudes from everything that you say. And then you're encouraging other women to engage with the word of God in the same way you do because it's transformed your life. So that said, I would love for you to just kind of describe to the listeners a little bit about what you do. You can talk about the Daily Grace Code, talk about your family, and then just tell us what you're passionate about. Sure. Like you mentioned, my name's Kristen. I'm a wife, a mom of four. So what I do with the Daily Grace Company is we founded this company just to encourage and equip women to know and love God's word. And so I write Bible studies and I just kind of help create resources that will help women to dig into God's word, help them to not feel so intimidated, maybe if they felt that in the past and create tools that are both beautiful, but full of truth and that just point to the gospel and the beauty of the gospel and all that Christ has done for us and hopefully help women find a love for God's word that I have found and God's word has just truly changed my life, which is Mm. why I'm so passionate about helping women experience God through his word and just see who he is. Man, so we're using the term to talk about kind of experiencing God's word. We're using this term biblical literacy. Can you break that down for the listeners? Sure. The most basic definition of biblical literacy is just a knowledge of the Bible. Yeah. Know God's word, not in a way where it's like a checklist or just something that we have to do or even in an academic way, but in a way where we know God's word Mm -hmm. and allow it to transform our understanding and interpretation of scripture and ultimately transform our hearts. Ah, preach it, girl. That is what I long for myself. And we continually come back to this theme because I've seen that in my own life where, man, when I am engaging with the text, when I am putting it before me on a daily basis, I can see the way that it transforms, like scripture says, the renewing of the mind, like it is transforming my mind. So why do you think it's important that we as women in particular are engaging in biblical literacy? 
So I think being in God's word is crucial because like we mentioned earlier, this is how we know who God is. So the aim and the goal is to continually know scripture more right. so we can know God more. And as we know God more and immerse ourselves in his word, we're transformed into his image through the process of sanctification. And it's so important because scripture is living and active. It is life changing, truly. And so I mentioned earlier that I'm a mother of four. And so we actually have three children at home with us. And then we have a daughter who is in heaven. Oh, wow. I didn't know that, Kristen. That's okay. Our daughter, Sophia, was stillborn when I was 37 weeks pregnant. Oh, I'm so sorry. By God's grace, it was in the months before we lost her that Mm. God really ignited this passion in my heart word. And that is just his sovereign grace in yes. my life. Totally. And, you know, I had grown up in a Christian home and I knew a lot about the Bible, but I wasn't necessarily spending daily time reading or studying God's word. And so several years ago, God really burdened my heart to get into scripture. And then when we suddenly lost our daughter mm. and I had to come home from the hospital with empty arms to a house that was full of pink baby clothes and baby gear and a nursery that was all set up. And we had to come home without her. And truly, I just didn't know what to do. And so I ran to God's word. And I don't say that to make you think that I am super spiritual because I am not. But I say that just to say that because in that season when I was just desperate and I didn't know what to do, God's word is the comfort and the truth and the peace that will get us through anything. His word is what gets us through. And scripture was the only thing that I could cling to in that time. And so it was in a season that I had to cling to who God was. And like we talked about earlier, the way that we know who he is is through his word. So I would open up my Bible and I would read and I would see, you know, perhaps I'd be reading the Psalms and I would see that God is faithful. Mm. And I would just pray that scripture back to God. So I would read that he is faithful and I would just pray it back to him and say, God, you are faithful. Please be faithful to me. God, you are the comforter of your people. Comfort me now in this season. And God, you have said that your way is perfect. And this just doesn't feel perfect. Yeah. Choosing to trust you, even when it doesn't make sense. And so I don't know if any of your listeners have experienced the same thing or something similar, but whether or not they have, I think we have all faced hard days and hard times. And yet when we come to God's word, we know that he is faithful and we need to be in scripture so that we can preach that truth to ourselves because there are going to be days when it doesn't feel true. And that is when we need an understanding of God's word so that we can just preach it back to our hearts over and over again. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. 
I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. I once heard somebody say the primary means that God has given us to know him, right? Because he expresses himself, scripture tells us, through creation and all of these different ways. But the primary means he's given us to know him is through his word. So it's such an incredible opportunity to come to know more of his character, as you were mentioning, because his character is such a comfort. You mentioned specifically for women, and that just kind of makes me think of the fact that, you know, sometimes as women, we kind of buy into this lie that being a wife and a mother is our highest calling yeah. that a woman can have. And being a wife and a mother is a wonderful thing. But being a wife and a mother yeah. is not my highest calling. My highest calling is to be a disciple. Right. So my highest calling and the definition of success is obedience and surrender mm. to God. And I think the amazing thing about that is that being a disciple impacts every area of my life. Being a disciple should impact the kind of wife and mother I am. And the same is true for those in other seasons or callings of life, whether in singleness or if you're a working mom or a stay-at-home mom or so many other things. Being a disciple is what impacts those things. And so biblical literacy is important for women because we are disciples. Totally. know who God is. It's also important because sometimes as women, we're tempted to be guided by our emotions. Yeah. And instead, we need to be guided by truth because I don't know about you, but my emotions don't always tell the truth. But that <laughs> word is truth. And yeah. so we always come back to that. We have a whole episode on emotions and the guest kind of helps us process through how do we like view our emotions in light of scripture? So that would be a good supplement if someone's like, yes, that'll preach. <laughs> Which I was even feeling this morning, just your emotions feeling more true than they actually are. And I'm so thankful for the stabilizing and grounding effect of the Word of God. Yeah. For somebody who's listening and they're thinking, man, I really desire that, but I just really don't know how I can practically grow in that. It seems really intimidating, really overwhelming. How would you suggest we actually go about seeking to grow in biblical literacy, Kristen? Sure. It sounds so simplistic, but I think the biggest thing is just to get in the Word. Yeah. To surround yourself by Scripture, to keep your Bible open on the kitchen counter all day, to listen to an audio Bible, to, you know, do an in-depth inductive Bible study, to be committed to your local church, to study God's Word in community. Yeah. One of the big ones for me is to just read the entire Bible. Yes. A few years ago, I know that you posted on social media recently about going through the entire Bible, and that was such an encouragement to me. A few years ago, I was writing kind of a four-book series for the Daily Grace Company called The Story of Redemption, and it's a series that walks through the entire Bible in a year, and it just goes like three chapters a day. It's designed to give the reader an overview of the story of Scripture and to see how Jesus is found on every page. And I can confidently say that there is nothing that has been more transformational to my walk with God and my knowledge of God's word than going through the entire Bible. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I had a, I guess, a speaker when I was in college and Mm -hmm. he just really encouraged us. He was like, I can't remember the exact number of hours, but 
it doesn't take that long to read through the Bible, which I think it it seems really intimidating. I know you can listen to the audio Bible. 71 hours. 71 hours. Long when you think about it. Yes. And he was talking about like, what if you just invested 71 hours a year into reading God's word once a year? And he was so motivating and really inspiring. And so I made it my aim to do that on an annual basis. And it has been such a tremendous blessing. And I have to say, I wasn't planning on sharing this at all, but my personal history is that I was walking closely with Jesus, was really in love with the Word of God, and that it was truly transforming my life whenever I was like a seventh or eighth grade student way back in the day in middle school. And then there came that, you know, the eighth grade transition into ninth grade. I know not every school is set up the same way, but at our school, it's like, now you're going to high school. And a lot of people kind of re-examined, okay, who am I and what am I about and how do I want to be perceived? And I have such remorse and sadness to say that when I was transitioning into high school, I recognized that I felt a conviction. I felt promptings of the spirit to walk (laughs) differently than the people that were around me. And I didn't want to be known as the Jesus freak girl that I had been in middle school. And so I made a really conscious decision that I remember distinctly whenever I was in ninth grade that because I didn't want to feel convicted about acting in a way that was pleasing to man in a way that was appealing to, you know, my high school buddies, I would not read the word of God. And Kristen, this is so, it literally brings me to tears to talk about it because you just see this where I had been, you know, on the trajectory of just sanctification and and by God's grace, he kept me and held me. But in ninth grade through probably about 12th grade until I too had kind of a traumatic incident in my life that caused me to re-examine, oh my goodness, who am I? What am I doing here? <laughs> How am I spending my time? And you look at the trajectory down which I walked from ninth grade to 12th grade and it was like, man, all of a sudden, instead of looking to truth for answers about the way in which I should walk and instead of being transformed by the word of God, I was being transformed and impacted by the people that were around me. And so in that year that I'm talking about in college, when that guy really encouraged us, I truly had very little knowledge of the Bible at that point. I had stopped growing in eighth grade and had not grown up until my freshman year of college, really. And it's just amazing to see what God can do, even with this simple act, like you're saying, of just reading and engaging with the text, even if you don't know how to do inductive Bible study, but right. reading it as an entire book. Yeah. And I think, you know, it shows us God's redemptive plan before the foundations of the world. Yes. And really shows us where we fit into the story of Scripture. Yes. And on a practical level, it's going to encourage our hearts to see God's faithfulness to his people for generations. And remind us that he will be faithful to us. And that compels us to trust him. And I think, you know, your story is just such a testament of his grace in constantly bringing us back to Totally. And I think he does that for his children. Yes. It's amazing. Just the grace and the mercy that he extends to us in constantly bringing us back to his word where we can find him. I know, man. It's just the story. If you're looking at the text, you're seeing, you know, the Israelites constantly being exhorted to remember and not forget who God is. And and that's what scripture does for us is exactly what you're saying. It helps us to remember and not to forget who our God is and who we are in light of who he is. 
You know, and I think sometimes we look at these like two different types of Bible study and we kind of rank them and think one is yeah, more important spiritual. Than the other. Yes. Right. It's like, and I was guilty of this for years. We kind of look at this exposure reading of scripture and think that's not as important as maybe yeah. inductive study. Right. But I think both of them are so important. Agree. And they're such an important part of being grounded in biblical literacy because that overview reading of the entire Bible really transforms our in-depth study as well as we're able to start like making connections for ourselves and seeing how this whole story fits together. Okay, so one of the things that has been really challenging for me as a mom is to balance, again, that overview of scripture with in-depth study time. I remember when I was in college, it was important to me to always be reading the entirety of the text and to also always be studying something on a more in-depth level. And while that is still my goal, (laughs) Kristen, this season of life, I have two little babies as well. It's a challenge and you have four kids. So I'd love for you to speak to how practicing and growing in biblical literacy and studying and engaging with the word of God looks different based on our current season of life. Absolutely. It's going to look different in every season. And I don't know about you, but I have seen it shift and change yes. from year to year, sometimes month to month or week to week. Well, I'm sure with like one kid versus two kids versus four yes. kids, it's so yeah. different. Yes, there is no one size fits all magic recipe when it comes to growing in God's word. Recently, I've been loving using just like an audio Bible option, like on yeah. version, just to listen to God's word while I'm doing dishes or, you totally. know, if you're commuting to work. Like we talked about earlier, only 71 hours to listen to the entire Bible on audio. So that's like a great thing to keep in mind. I know we probably waste random amounts of time on social media, on Netflix, you know, wherever it is, where we can just redeem those little pockets of time. And it really has great reward. And I think we have to remember to just give ourselves some grace in this season. God has put you in the season that you are in. He isn't caught off guard if you are exhausted from being up five times in the middle of the night with a baby. So you do what you can. Um, You know, this may mean that you're just reading scripture like we talked about earlier, and then maybe coming back at another time to dig a little deeper. Or maybe this is just the time for you to read through the entire Bible and then jump back into a more in-depth study in a few months when you're able to. I always say like, utilize nap times or don't think that your quiet time has to be quiet because a lot of times it's just not, you know, and also I think on the flip side, then we have to be willing to kind of take a long, hard look at ourselves. Yeah. Give grace when we're in those difficult seasons where it's just a really trying season. And then also be able to recognize when we really just need to kind of shift our priorities, prioritize God's word over Instagram and Netflix and I think we usually know which one is which. It's we so know true. It's a hard season, and we know when we're just kind of looking for an excuse. And I think, you know, you may feel like you cannot afford to make time for God's word, but I think the truth is that you cannot afford not to make time for God's word in some capacity. Yeah. That being said, it's going to look different in every season. And I think that's what we just have to keep in the back of our mind that. However we can spend time in scripture, it's going to bear fruit in our lives and in the lives of our families as well. Especially with little kids. I talk about this all the time on the show. I think people think that the whole journey of a podcast is for bombs, but it's crazy because we actually have a huge demographic of college listeners. So don't hear me leaving you out, college students. But no, I think even in college, you know, it might look like 
on your lunch break or in a yes. break classes, you just kind of yes. have to think through your day. And it might be something that you have to think through on a, you know, semester by semester basis. Absolutely. You know, and they face similar challenges because you're in a dorm room or you're in a sorority house or, you know, most of us don't have the luxury of actually having our own private, quiet space. (laughs) And you have to navigate those challenges and just hold them open handedly. And I say that because I have been the chief like type a if i can't execute it exactly the way i want to execute it then it's just it's not going to happen because it's not going to be done you know the perfectionistic type approach to bible study right. and motherhood has really opened up my hands and caused me to surrender that and i think my main question that i continually ask which i would encourage everybody to find a question like this that just kind of resets their hearts and causes them to look up from their belly button and look to the lord and examine like you're saying like what am I looking to for hope (laughs) as I'm like navigating this day but my question is like am I seeking first the kingdom and his righteousness and just practically the way it fleshes itself out sometimes that might mean I am serving a whole 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 lot with my kids that day and I don't have the luxury of sitting down and doing an hour-long inductive bible study which trust me that is my dream (laughs) but yeah But, you know, just trusting that the Lord is working out his grace and bringing about sanctification in my life through a means that, you know, I may not understand in that moment. And yet consistently setting truth before my eyes, even if it's as simple as one solitary verse that I have on a note card stuck in the back of my pocket. So true. I once heard someone use this phrase, and it's really stuck with me throughout the years. This person said, eat until you're full when it comes to Bible study. And sometimes there are seasons where it's just one verse and that is enough to just kind of ground your heart in the gospel and set you on the right trajectory for your day. And then when you have time to come back, you know, and we're talking about biblical literacy, so I don't want to negate the fact that we need to be studying all of the Bible, but there are just times when you have one verse and you go off of that until you have time to come back and get some more. Yep. Amen and amen. Leave the Bible open and just come right back to where you left off. (laughs) Well, for those of us that are prone, like myself, to wallowing in kind of shame and guilt when we have this ideal and we're not able to actually execute it the way that we'd like to, what encouragement do you have for us when we fail to prioritize studying the Word of God the way we want to? Yeah, I think we just need to remind ourselves that His mercies are new every morning. And if we have neglected time in scripture for whatever reason, His grace is fresh and new every morning. And I think we also need to remember that our weakness points us to the gospel. The whole point of the gospel is that we are weak and that is why we need Christ. And so, you know, if we could have lived the Christian life on our own, Jesus would not have needed to come. So the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of seeing our weakness is that it just reminds us how much we need him. So we need to keep the gospel always in front of us and realize that our weakness always points us back to him. Yeah. One of the things I loved you talking about at the very beginning is how, number one, as we're studying scripture, it needs to be from the gospel. And then as we are looking at scripture and engaging with it, we need to be looking for the gospel. Can you speak to that a little bit? Like, how can we see the gospel in the entirety of the text? Yeah, I think 
this is another reason, like I mentioned before, about studying the entire Bible as a whole. Yeah. Because sometimes it's easy for us to kind of be like, okay, the gospel is in the New Testament. Right. And the Old Testament, well, that we don't really need to study that. You know, we might go to Psalms and Proverbs for a little encouragement, but <laughs> you know, we don't need the Old Testament. But when we look to the entire canon of scripture, we can just see that the gospel is God's plan from the beginning. What an encouragement for us. Our God is not caught off guard. And if he is not caught off guard in this, you know, beautiful, huge story of scripture that takes so many twists and turns, he is certainly not caught off guard by our daily lives. Yes. That we are often caught off guard, but he never is. And so I think just looking for Jesus in every portion of scripture, see how the gospel is laid out, how people, you know, seeing this kind of that creation, fall, redemption, restoration picture over and over again, this big meta narrative that's going on really will ground us in the gospel and help us to realize that the gospel is the big picture and the word of God is the gospel. It is every page is just pointing to the message of the gospel. That really makes me hungry and excited about studying the whole Bible. Because I think in the past, I probably read through the Bible probably five times before I ever even knew that. So number one, be encouraged (laughs) if that's you. And number two, I think a lot of times I just kind of begrudgingly came to those Old Testament books like, all right, here we go again, Leviticus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's get it on. But now I'm starting and I think it takes time and two good resources like this is a great resource just to hear that, man, we can be looking for Jesus even in books that may be unassuming. And actually, he may be there even more presently and prevalently than we could have ever dreamt. So it's really exciting. Okay, so reading the Bible from cover to cover or however you want to read it as a whole text. Looking for the gospel as you're engaging in the text, studying the word from the grace of the gospel. What are some other important practical elements of Bible study, Kristen? Well, I think one that a lot of times we forget about is prayer. Yes, thank you. This is what I forget. So (laughs) pray before Bible study. And you know, you said you're type A, and so am I. So I can just understand that we come to Bible (laughs) study and we're like, okay, we got to get into it. Yep. just totally forget to pray. We can pray for God to open our hearts. We can pray for him to give us understanding, for him to help us love his word. So for those that are listening and thinking, I just don't really like Bible study. Pray about that. Pray for God to give you a heart for Bible study. And then pray that he will transform us through the power of his word. I think some other things are just repetitive reading. You know, we've talked a little bit about that, about just reading the text. If I am doing a more in-depth study, I'm going to read that same book of the Bible over and over again, multiple times, just to listen or read and get the big picture of that. And you'll be amazed at how much you pick up from doing this. Yes. I also love just like printing out like a double spaced copy of the text so that I can just mark all over it, circling verbs and connecting words and kind of busting my highlighters out and really digging in. And then I love using a journal. The Daily Grace has a journal called the Be Still Journal. It's so pretty. It has sections for you to write out scripture and journal the passage. But my favorite part is that at the end, it has two sections called the Adore section and the Apply section. 
And the adore section is just my favorite because it's a place for you to write down the aspects of God's character that are seen in the passage. And then the I section are just write down some actionable steps that you can take to apply the scripture. Sometimes we write down applications that are kind of hypothetical without writing down actionable steps. Yeah. What can we do to allow God to transform us through his word? Yeah. On a really practical level, too. I mean, sometimes, you know, you may not know how it fleshes itself out practically, but even just to write it down so that you can be thinking about it as you're going about your day is huge. And man, Kristen, there was so much goodness in everything that you just said. One of the things I want to draw out is the prayer element, because that's something that I'm admittedly really struggle with. But I was reading in Donald S. Whitney's book on the spiritual disciplines recently, his whole chapter on prayer. And he talked about how he really believes that meditation is the missing link between Bible intake, which is what we're talking about, and prayer. And that was so huge for me to come to this realization like, man, there's this connection between scripture as we're engaging with it, as we read the text, as we read about the character of God, as you're explaining we are led to adoration. We are led to thanksgiving as we're, you know, making connections in the text and coming to greater understandings of the gospel of God's grace. We are rejoicing. We are praising. And then we're praying in supplication for our friends who don't know Jesus or for whatever it is that comes to mind as we're reading. So I think prayer is something that I just don't allot the time for because I think a lot of times I want to be moving forward. But really, prayer is like the driving force that moves us forward into correct application as we're properly studying the text. Yeah, so true. I'm super guilty. And I'm also really working on that. And I think a lot of that for me is just allowing myself the freedom to slow down as I study. And even if my Bible study, you know, that I'm trying to track with is ahead or whatever, just allowing the spirit to move and just being receptive to his promptings, even as I'm engaging with the word, because it's such a much more intimate experience as we do that. Absolutely. Instead of just kind of checking it off your to-do list, you know, letting the Lord guide that time. And so much of that is going to come through prayer and Bible study together. Yes, yes, yes. For us to speak to him and him to speak to us through his word. But sometimes you know, and I think different people and different personalities are prone to go to one or the other. Yeah. And so putting prayer and Bible study together, I think that's kind of, you know, where it's at. That's where it's going to just really come to life to us when we aren't just doing one or the other. And the repetition piece, I want to go back and hit on that. I was just listening to a sermon put out by the Gospel Coalition on their podcast, which is excellent about not evicting the Holy Spirit from the pulpit by Robert Smith Jr. And he said that his students, because he teaches people how to preach, he encourages his students to read through a text before they ever begin preparing their sermon 50 times. Wow. (laughs) And I don't say that to like place a burden or a number to encumber anyone with like a specific number, but Even Brad Evangelista, who was on a a recent podcast, episode 34 of the Journey Women podcast, we talked about the spiritual disciplines, and he talked about just the joy of coming to a book and reading it repeatedly throughout the week. And I've been trying to practice that and kind of free myself of the expectation of really kind of like exegeting each scripture, like each verse, and just saying, I'm just going to read the book of Colossians, and I'm going to hope to read it maybe 20 times this week. 
And I can do that in one sitting, you know, and just allowing it to encourage me. And then by the end of that time, I have a better understanding of the book of Colossians than I did before. And I think when you do that, when you are repetitively in the same text, specifically if you're looking at a book of the Bible and coming to it over and over multiple times, what's going to happen then as you move into a more in-depth, inductive study, you aren't having to worry about, you know, the big picture themes. You already have those down and you can go so much deeper because you have this basic foundational understanding of the text that is just going to help drive your in-depth study and you will get so much more out of it. You will see God work so much more and you'll be able to connect other passages of scripture because you have this broad understanding that you have gone over and over and over again. And so I think that is such a key part of Bible study and of teaching the Bible as well. I think you need to have this big understanding of it so that you can you know, in a valuable way, share that with others. And teaching it doesn't have to mean preaching it or exactly. teaching a class. It could mean teaching it to your to kids your children, yes. or to yourself, yes. <laughs> which just really needs to be reminded of it. Oh, yes. Because this girl ain't going to be getting it up in the pulpit anytime. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord willing. <laughs> Please, God. But I think sometimes that's where this piece about Bible literacy for women comes in because if we think, well, I'm not a pastor, so yeah. I don't need yes. to know the Bible like my pastor does. But we need to get out of that mentality because, I like agree. I mentioned earlier, we are disciples. So it doesn't matter what our season of life is or whatever vocation is. We need to know God's word so that we can have it for ourselves and be able to give it out to others. Yeah, I completely agree. And I want to just encourage anybody who feels like, man, just a sense of shame or guilt, as I mentioned, because I know I am particularly prone to that, or even a zealousness and a kind of an over-eagerness to be in a position and, and to have a level of knowledge or to be at a point of sanctification that is beyond where they're at in this moment, that God, his timing is perfect, and that this process truly takes time. I cannot express to you how insufficient I feel when I come to the word of God in many instances, how I feel just such a desire to be somewhere that I'm not. And even just looking back on those four years of time from ninth grade to 12th grade, where I really wasn't engaging with the word of God, I lament over those years that I lost the opportunity that I had for growth in biblical literacy during that season, but there is so much grace there. And just to know that every little deposit that you put in, every little instance in which you're coming to the text and you have just, you know, with a pure heart and desiring to know God more, like, I genuinely believe that he is going to honor that. And I just want to encourage anybody who feels a little down in the dumps about where they might be. Yeah, and I think we just have to remember that this is a journey. It's not something that happens overnight. So we can't expect to kind of have this great biblical understanding and biblical knowledge, you know, just a few days into our journey. Yes. It's something that takes years and years. And we could view that and see it as like a negative that we're not there yet. Or we can look at it and say, hey, I am now so much further than I was you know, X amount of time ago, and where will God 
have me 10, 20, 30 years from yes. now. When yes. we have studied God's word our entire life, yes. what a joy to be able to look back and see so much that God has taught us over the years. It's a journey and we just kind of have to keep pressing in and doing these small little things that are going to get us to our destination. We will never arrive until we reach right. eternity. And so that should be really exciting. And I think that's my goal for myself as a woman, just that I would always be pressing in to know God more specifically yeah. through his word. And that that would be an ever increasing process and joy throughout however long it is that God has me here on this earth. So when we approach the word of God with this goal of really growing, like I mentioned, what should we be aware of in ourselves? Yeah, I think a few things come to mind. I think we need to be aware of this kind of checklist mentality that we talked about yes. a little bit. Guilty. Um, yes, this is something I hate that. so guilty of. We just want to cross it off our to-do list. But I think, you know, instead of having this checklist mentality, we need to strive for a relationship mentality that yeah. we are in a relationship. It's not just something to cross off our to-do list. And then on the other hand, I think we need to be careful of kind of an academic mentality. Yeah. I am all about seminary. I think it is great, a very worthwhile endeavor and pursuit. But we need to be cautious if we are viewing our time in God's word as simply academic. We aren't studying God's word to win a game of Bible trivia. Yeah. We are studying God's word to know who he is and to be transformed into his likeness. And I think also... We need to be aware of just kind of taking our favorite Bible teachers take on a passage without digging into scripture for mm -hmm. ourselves. So I think one of the huge benefits of a knowledge of scripture is that we can be discerning with what teachers and pastors we are listening to and what we are soaking ourselves in. So by all means, listen to sermons and read commentaries. But first get into scripture for yourself and begin developing that understanding of God's word so that you have that discernment to be able to discern between the huge multitude of resources that are out there today. Yes, I think so often we want to grapple and grasp for a resource where it's somebody else's giving us kind of the word of God as opposed to engaging with it ourselves, like the actual Bible, you know. <laughs> So if somebody's in that spot and they haven't ever actually engaged with the text apart from having a study to rely on, where should they begin? Yeah, I think the best starting place is just to get in your Bible. You don't need much else. I often recommend just kind of starting with a smaller book of the Bible Yeah, because it's a little easier to tackle yeah. and you will kind of more quickly reap the rewards of studying through an entire book of the Bible right away. You can do that repetitive reading on some of those short books of the Bible that are just a few chapters. Yeah, like the hey, epistles, the letters. Like, yes, you can. I mean, because it's a short book of the totally. Bible. And so I think that's a great place to start if you've never done it before. Oh, rock your world, man. I'm excited yeah. for anybody who's in that position. And I just got to say, <laughs> I am excited about thinking about women engaging with their Bibles maybe for the first time in a really long time. And yeah. I just want to speak to you right now and to let you know that I don't think that there's any better investment of your time than to set aside the things that we are prone to looking at as a source of encouragement that's just a cheap imitation and that will never 
satisfy or fulfill the craving of our heart, but to look to the Lord and to do that through the primary means by which he's given us to know him, that gets me fired up. Me too. (laughs) I'm right there with you, Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what other resources would you recommend, Kristen, for somebody who just desires to grow in their knowledge of God's word? The first one that comes to mind is just community. Get into your church. A solid gospel-centered church will help you grow in so many ways, whether it's just from Sunday sermons or from a small group or a women's Bible study. Community is such an important part of the life of a believer. There is just something so powerful about studying God's word and growing in biblical literacy with a community of other believers. Yes. So I think it provides accountability. It provides encouragement. So, you know, like I said, this could be in your church. It could even just be, hey, a group of friends that you get together and say, let's study a book of the Bible together. Yeah. Over the Daily Grace Company, we even have like a free Facebook page, like a Facebook group where we walk through studies together. So we kind of have two tracks going, one that's going through the entire Bible and Mm. one that's doing shorter in-depth studies. I love that, Kristen. I always recommend community in person, but if you want a supplement or if you aren't able to find community in person right now, something like that is a great option. Yeah, I agree. The Journey Women podcast is really designed for women who, like myself, maybe a military person, maybe somebody who's overseas. We have a ton of missionaries that are listening. That's just, they don't necessarily have access to mentors like yourself or Christian leaders that can encourage them in their walk with God. And we always encourage women to look to their local community to take these conversations kind of similar to what you're having over at the Daily Grace Co. Conversations that have inspired them and that have challenged them when they're, you know, at home scrolling on Instagram during nap time or whatever it is, listening to podcasts while they're washing dishes. And to actually engage, use them as a springboard for real life conversations in the context of their local church and with non-believers and to use it as a resource to engage them with the things that God's stirring in their hearts. And I think if you put it out there that you are interested in walking through the Bible with other believers, you will be surprised at how many other people are yearning for that same gospel-centered community. And so sometimes it feels a little intimidating to be the one to kind of put it out there, but you will be surprised at how many people are yearning for that same thing. Yep. And there are some really, really great resources. If you have no clue what to do and you're like, man, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a Bible study leader. There are so many great resources. Kristen, I know you guys have some listed on your website. I know you offer some and sell some, so we'll be sure to link those. And then we also have some listed on journeywomenpodcast.com that we would recommend. So lots of good stuff there. Do you have anything else to add? Sure. A couple other resources. There's a free website and app called Blue Letter Bible. Yes. I love that. So good. There are, it's just a free resource where you can look up any passage of scripture. You can find cross references. You can find commentaries. You can find a concordance. You can find even like an interlinear option. So you could even dig into like the Hebrew and Greek a little bit in a very non intimidating way. And it's totally free, free in the app, free on the website. So that's another one that I love. And like you mentioned, I have to say the Daily Grace Company, our passion is just to equip women to know and love God's word. So our goal is to constantly be creating Bible study resources from Bible studies to prayer journals, Bible study journals to highlighters for your Bible. Constantly, we just want to be creating resources that help women get into scripture. I'm super grateful for that. 
I'm also grateful that they're really pretty, Kristen. (laughs) I wish I could take all the credit, but our design team is amazing. And they do a phenomenal job of really just showcasing the beauty of creation. Yes. So much that God has pointed us towards beauty. I'm still just amazed at a sunset every time I see one. So we are thrilled to create beautiful resources that point our hearts to the Lord. Well, we are grateful. So tell me, this is another question that I ask every guest who comes on the show. And I think some of your products could be one of mine because I looked at those (laughs) coffee mugs and I'm like, man, I wish I had some more fun money. But what are three of your simple joys, Kristen? Oh, this is so hard to narrow it down. I know. The first one that came to mind is just Sunday afternoons. We are super busy on Sunday mornings. My husband is the worship leader. And so getting all the kids out to church and, you know, we just enjoy being with our church family. But there's just something so amazing then about kind of coming home, talking about the sermon, maybe taking a nap, nothing on the to-do list. I just love Sunday afternoons. So that's one of them. And then another one would be volcano candles from Anthropology. Ooh, yes. Best smelling candle ever. I'm always trying to get one to put on my desk because they last forever and they just yes. fill up the whole house with scent. Yes, they're a pretty penny, but it's worth it. They are. So yeah, look for a sale because they are not cheap, but I do love them. Yes. And then my last one, I would say, I love just having theological conversations. So conversations like yeah. this, my husband and I are always having these conversations like on a long car trip. Oh, that's really fun. It is fun. Or it'll be like Voxer with the members of my team. We'll be talking about, you know, whatever theological topic we're on that week. But I just love talking about the Lord with other believers. It's so life-giving, I think. And I think it just leaves you like kind of pumped up, ready to like get into the word and ready to go. That's how I feel after this conversation, at least. Yes. No, I completely agree. And If anyone's listening and they're like, man, I wish I could have conversations like that. I know I have a lot of military listeners because we're military and it's hard to kind of put yourself out there and be willing to have a vulnerable conversation about scripture or about spiritual growth, especially with people that you really don't even know that well. And I would just encourage you to utilize the tool of question asking. That is what this podcast is. That's how I just got Kristen to share all of the wisdom and the knowledge that God has gifted to her. And it's by asking questions. And so whether that be in the context of a local church with a woman that you know knows the Lord and that you want to learn from, just think of a couple of questions in advance, as dorky as it sounds. Type them out in your notes section of your iPhone. Even do that in the context of your like community, whether that be living on post or whether that be in a college dorm. Think about those questions. And Ruth Simons and I talked about this a little bit, how creativity can even be expressed in something as simple as a conversation, an artfully crafted question. And so if you're having a hard time thinking, man, how could I how could I engage with someone on that level? I would just encourage you. It's as simple as asking a question sometimes. I love that. That's such a great reminder. I think even, you know, whatever season of life we're in, you know, whether it's being a mom and you see a mom that's a couple steps ahead of you, to be able to ask her questions about what she's doing is such a great way to gain insight into how you can grow in your own motherhood or your knowledge of scripture or whatever it is. That's such a great point. Totally. And even what we've been talking about today with biblical literacy, I mean, really engaging in the text, like how are these theological conversations with your team coming up, Kristen? It's probably because 
as you're engaging, you're asking yourself questions and you don't know the answer. So you're talking about it with your girlfriend. (laughs) Yes. And that does, that encourages us, that spurs us on to know and love God more, to know and love his word. And then we might come to some revelations together and get mutually fired up, which is one of my simple joys. So we share that. Well, another thing that I love to hear from every single woman is just to learn a little bit about her history and to hear who it is that has had an impact. A lot of times people have one specific person and many times people come with the answer to this question like I could never just choose one. But who is it, Kristen, that's really impacted you on your spiritual journey and in your walk with the Lord? There are so many people that I could think of, but if I had to choose one, I would have to say my husband, Jeremy. We met at 19 and 20, and then we got married at 21 and 22, so we were pretty young. We kind of joke that we've grown up together, even though we obviously weren't children. Right. Those are formative years. Yes, we have just grown in our knowledge of God's Word together. We have formed our convictions together. We've just grown in our passion to help others. such a gift grow in this area of biblical literacy. And so we've walked through some really great times and some really difficult seasons, but we've walked this journey together and he has definitely been the biggest impact that through it all, the good days and the bad days has consistently just pointed me back to the Lord. Mm, That is so sweet, man. We need to have a whole, we're going to have a marriage podcast soon, people. So just get excited. Well, thank you so much, Kristen, for your time. It's truly been an encouragement to get to follow you on social media. And we'll be sure to link to everything in the show notes so that other people can do that and be encouraged as well. We really appreciate your time for coming on the Journey Women podcast today. Thank you, Hunter. It's been such a pleasure. I really hope that you guys walk away with some helpful tools for your pursuit of biblical literacy. But even more than that, I pray that we will all strive for biblical literacy from a place of rest, believing that if we are in Christ, nothing can make us more loved than we already are in him. Not even the pursuit of something as excellent as biblical literacy will make us any more presentable to God. We are saved by works, but they are not ours. They are Christ's. And resting in what he has done for us brings this deep, soulful kind of rest that enables us to strive towards godliness as we study God's word. As always, you can find everything that Kristen and I talked about today in the show notes on journeywomenpodcast.com, as well as how you can connect with her on her website and Instagram. Come and hang out with us on Facebook and Instagram at Journey Women Podcast or over on Twitter at Journey Women Pod to continue this conversation throughout the week. Man, we love journeying with y'all. Thanks for doing it. We'll see you here again next Monday.